How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases to tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet. Their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful. I'm Taylor McGilvery. Join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives. We're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs. We're exploring how these advancements touch lives, reshape communities, and pave the way for a brighter future. Subscribe to New Wave on your favorite platform. Be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions, we're finding answers. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, Headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello, my love. Hey, baby. Um, well, the world is dying to know, how was the sex party? We didn't go. We didn't go. <laughs> Just kidding. We went. <laughs> we went. We got real dressed up. We got real dressed up. Uh, uh, actually, okay, so I, I do have to say this. We made a post on our Instagram. Actually, let me say this. Our Instagram got taken down. Okay. Womp womp. That sucks. Uh, don't really know why. We're looking into it. I oh. think it has to do with this poster I'm about to mention. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I fucking hope not. Um, but I do want to, you know, before we get in, into this, I do want to say our Instagram did get taken down. 
I am very fucking buttered about it. I hope it comes back because we had a nice little following there and, uh, and it was a really great place for people to engage with us. But as of right now, and we're recording this on Sunday, but as of right now, we don't have one. Uh, so if you aren't following us on Facebook, go on over there. And if you're not following us on Twitter, for sure follow us on Twitter because Sunday Bunday is a thing has now moved to Twitter. So uh, Instagram, hope you get your shit together and and figure out what the hell's going on. But uh, anyway. I'm sure it had to do with a costume picture that you posted that we were going to wear. So I posted a little story of a bridey and I in, uh, we had bought, uh, uh, we have these like onesies that I, my, my friend Ryan brought back for me from Korea. Uh, one's a giraffe onesie and the other one's a zebra onesie and they've got like the hoods, but we went out to buy masks for the masquerade and we found just by chance in a box a zebra and a giraffe mask. And so we bought them just to take a picture to send to everyone and be like, this is what we're wearing to the sex party. And Instagram was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Banned. Um, no, but so what we did actually wear was, uh, well, I, I wore um, some white long johns. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. White long johns and this like uh, uh, sheepskin looking uh, vest, which is was actually kind of sexy. It's very. I'm wearing it right now. It's so mm, soft. It's so soft, and a white uh, sort of masquerade mask that I I made very sacrilegious and painted a uh, upside down uh, cross on the forehead of it. I it looked pretty badass. <laughs> I thought it looked cool. I got uh, a compliment on it. Did you? I did. Someone was like, "Oh fuck, cool mask." And I was oh like, man, sweet. And I w- overdressed. <laughs> I overdressed for sure. But yeah, you I had a full outfit. I felt really good in it, though. I had these um, high, not real leather boots with like buckles and laces up that I've had since junior high. And it will be the last occasion for those boots because I tore the sole off of them at one point that night uh, while I was on my knees. Mm. And um, mm. <laughs> and I had a little like leatherish, fake leatherish skirt and um, uh, and like a latexy looking top and my like masquerade mask oh and a black wig yeah you were looking uh pretty uh, fucking hot i felt great about it and i had these little booty shorts on underneath that were like they cut up uh, around the bum and they're ruffly and they're purple they're like mm. purple but nobody would have seen them unless i took my clothes off which i really didn't do until the very last second but um well and that's the thing is we show up <laughs> and uh what m- i'd say about 90 percent of everybody else wore was nothing. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty much a nude party. So we were walking around pretty dressed up uh, uh-huh. for for the event. Um, but uh, how, did you have fun? What were your thoughts on it? I'm really glad we went. Uh, I did have fun. It was really neat to see that that's an event. Uh, that ha- I mean, it's a private party, so it's great to see that that's happening and that people are um, really like expressing themselves sexually in that way. And um, I did have a really good time. There were a few things that made me laugh, which I really appreciated and not laugh at anybody, but like laugh to myself and laugh um, with you and yeah. laughing with you. I mean, I think <laughs> I, when we left that party that night, I felt like very close to you. Yeah. We had a, we had a really good time. Um, well, I, I'll speak to, to my experience. Uh, I, I enjoyed my, our time there, but I was, 
I was a bit surprised by my reaction to this one particular thing. So we 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 might have touched on it a bit on the podcast, but we went to Wicked in Toronto, this, this sex club one time earlier on in our relationship, and that was a really exciting experience because we walk into this place and it's totally anonymous. You don't know anybody there, nobody knows you, and and for me, there's something about that that I can just like let all my inhibitions go, and and it's very sexy, and the exhibitionist in me really comes out in that situation. Now, I didn't realize all of this, what I just said, until we showed up to the spa night, the sex party, and it's very immediate (laughs) that I realize all of these people, and of course they do, we're in fucking Halifax, but all of these people know each other pretty well. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, you and I, don't really know any of them, but they're all familiar with each other, but they all know us. Because we're being introduced as Jeremy O'Brady from Turn Me On Podcast. Yeah, and I had someone come up to me and be like, congratulations on Sick Boy, and things like that. And so that, like, right off the bat, pulled me out of it. Right. I was like, whoa, there's no way that I can let my... Freak flag fly? fly. Yeah, there was nothing flying. There, it, Literally, nothing was flying, especially below the belt. Nothing flew. Yeah, nothing flew. So we go down, you know, and we... The place was was what you'd expect. It was there was a hot tub, there was a sauna, there was uh, there we talked about it. There was the glory hole downstairs, a, a big black room with a uh, cast iron maze cage. Not really a maze, sex it's pretty swing. Small. The sex a very, <laughs> the sex swing was a. It was more of a sex hammock. It was a sex hammock, yeah, but it did swing. It did the thing. And uh, that it did, yeah. It needed to do, and that was a huge hit with the folks that were there. There was a lot of people using that sex swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went down, we went down into the, that's where shit was really going, like, mm-hmm. like it was real intense down there, like, people were having a fucking good time, and so we decided, okay, well, we're here, let's go down and let's see if we can get into it, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it, uh, and I, I feel, well, there's two reasons why I feel like I couldn't get into it. Number one was the, this idea of, like, there's no anonymity. I can't say that word. Anonymity. Anonymity. Uh, there is no anonymity there. And for me. And then the second reason was, now God bless his fucking soul. Because this guy was, he was there, he was doing his own thing. And I, I do not blame him. Um, and also, my God, what a well-endowed man. <laughs> the biggest cock I've ever seen. In my entire life. Uh, but, you know, we would, we would like, try to get into it, and you would, uh, you know, we were mm-hmm. watching some couples, and you decided to mm-hmm. try to turn me on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the midst of that, I would, like, catch this guy in the corner of my eye um, with the, you know, literally the, the penis the size of a horse cock, um, and just watching us. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't have that, like, exhibitionist drive because I, I felt like everyone knew me, it totally threw me off. And I just couldn't do it. I, I wish I had known it. that he was watching us because uh, clearly his thing is like voyeurism yeah. and I'm really into the exhibitionism. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I wasn't, I couldn't get, I, nothing was flying for me either. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe if I knew that that was happening, I would have like put on a little private show. Yeah. But, 
that it just wasn't it wasn't nothing he, was flowing for me. He was also either. very uh he was also very like he moved like uh stealthily. He, oh yeah. He moved like a ninja. Yeah. So he would like pop up in one dark corner and then and then I'd lose sight of him and then and then all of a sudden, oh my god, there he is over there. <laughs> it, it, it was really entertaining for yeah. at the same time. Um so then we decided, okay, well then let's Let's, yeah, we went and took a minute in the sauna. Let's get just, some space. And the sauna was free. And the saunas are so nice all the time. Yeah. So we went and we laid down in there. We were the only people in there. It had been full the first time we passed by. Um, we were only in there. It was awesome because we I laid down, put my legs up the wall, classic yogi, uh, laid there, um, kind of took my most of my clothes off and just felt great. And we had a really great chat. And we laughed a lot. And one of the things that continuously made me laugh throughout the night was anytime things were getting real weird around us, you just lean down into my face and go, this is our marriage. <laughs> this is our marriage. This is our marriage now. <clears throat> and, um, and I just love, I love laughing with you. So there we were in the sauna and we were having a good old chuckle and I felt like we were really good buds and we were having a nice time and feeling really connected and then we thought we were about and, to take off. And here's the other thing is that no one had come in mm. and there was something that was very sexy about the idea of these people outside of the sauna at any point they could look in but they never were and we were in there pretty scantily clad mm. so and we gave that it one started last... to turn me on. Right. I was like hey my freak flag, it, a.k.a. my penis, is starting to fly. So let's make something happen here. So we and started to? So we started to. Uh, you were giving me what most people refer to as a blowjob. <laughs> and uh, in the middle of this blowjob... Things are going well. Things are going... And I'm in my head going, we came to the sex party. I'm having some sort of sex. Here we go. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> Like six people walk in in the middle of a conversation about sneakers, and they didn't skip a beat. They just see us They're and like, they continue oh, the conversation. Excuse me, and they sat down right next to you. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I started laughing with your penis in my mouth. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, sorry about that," and I'm like, "Oh, oh, oh. and." <laughs> And then, but we're both laughing and trying to get through it and keep going. Yeah. But then they're like, and then my, and then I just decided I needed a new pair of sneakers. So I went down to the mall, and, and that's when my freak flag went <laughs> back to uh, back to half mast. Um, so and then and then we left. And then we left, no, but not before someone complimented me on my little booty shorts. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, but I we did have fun. Yeah, and I feel like because it was a first. And we didn't know what to expect. And, and I could never have imagined that I would have been shocked by, you know, the idea of not being anonymous. I, did, I didn't even know that that was a thing until I experienced it. Yeah, and so well, I, I feel like we could probably go back and do it again or do something like that again um, now that we know what to expect, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a fun time. Mm -hmm. And hey, huge, huge fucking shout out to... Uh, to Chris and Amy, who sent us the invite, and who uh, run the nightshade run events. Nightshade, and um, and yeah, we would we would definitely not turn down another invitation. So, um, but before we get to today's episode, I'm really excited about this. We mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we record these episodes in batches. 
Um, we have quite a few episodes like kind of in the bank right now that are waiting to be released. Um, and we literally just had an amazing conversation with uh, a future guest that you're all going to hear at some point uh, named Tia. And uh, Tia and us spoke uh, about gender flu- fluidity and bisexuality. Sexual fluidity. Sorry, sexual fluidity and bisexuality. And, um, and while we were having the conversation, we had gotten, a, uh, we had gotten some fan mail. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the question that uh, this fan had sent in to us was, was uh, something that Tia could speak to, it could help us speak to. And so we decided to answer uh, this week's uh, round of, of fan questions with our guest Tia. And uh, here is that question. So Doug from Halifax asks, Hi, wondering if you folks have talked about coming out as Polly, specifically while in a longish-term relationship. Is Polly curious a thing? Been thinking seriously about it for a while now, two years. How do you come out as Polly to your partner, friend, family, people you want to be Polly with? Now, we had just record I don't know if there are this episode will have come out yet but we had just had this long conversation about coming out yeah. and Tia you were talking about coming out as uh, as bisexual and then coming out as queer mm-hmm. what are your what are your thoughts on what Doug has asked and just on coming out in general yeah so I can't speak to the poly nature of the question as much um, but coming out is literally the act of disclosure of whatever it is like that difference of that non-expected. So if he's, you know, been living a monogamous lifestyle and people expect him to continue being monogamous, then he has to actively disclose that he wants to live a poly lifestyle. Um, I'm not sure if poly curious. I feel like why not? There's curiosity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, poly curious is yeah. a thing. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, we would never have be Bridie and I. We would never have become poly if we weren't poly we were curious. Never poly curious. Yeah. Right? It no, started it's started from somewhere. And I mean, bi-curious is definitely a term that people are dropping all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you can even disclose that, like that can be a stepping stone into, especially, I don't know if he's hundred percent sure that he's poly. Um, Cause he's like, how would you know? Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you, and you wouldn't, if you haven't tried it. Um, so any relationship uh, really is about communication. And I know that that's something that comes up a lot. Um, so the coming out aspect is just that initial disclosure. And so, and unfortunately, as I mentioned, it's it's an ongoing process. So yeah. I come out as queer in any new relationship or any, if I go to a new job, I have to decide if I'm going to come out. Yeah. Um, and I guess with Polly, um, it's, it's, there's a little bit of invisibility there. So you can, you don't have to necessarily, unless you have both your partners or all your partners in the same context. Um, if you have one partner at a time or you're bringing multiple partners to different parties that the same people are at, um, then it may not be something that you have to do as frequently. Mm. Um, as somebody who's in a hetero relationship, I don't have to actively disclose coming out. So it is like an actual choice, um, for a lot of people, um, when they have that privilege. Um, so it's, it's going to be an ongoing process, but it's it's just a conversation. That's literally what it is. And I can't quite tell. I mean, uh, he doesn't specify whether he wants, whether he's asking, but I, from what I can read, it seems like he's asking, how would one come out to your significant other in a long, long term relationship? Um, uh, that's, I mean, that's a, that is a conversation that for sure just needs to be had with your partner. D- 
definitely not an easy conversation to be had. Yeah. Um, but uh, one that has to happen nonetheless if you're if you're really seriously considering it, because the last thing you want to do is um, you know resort to sleeping around or doing things yeah. that just like aren't healthy for the relationship. Yeah. Um, so I would say find a way to bring it up, but bring it up in a very light way and, um, you know, be very respectful. Yeah. I mean, I'm, the way, the way it started for Bridie and I, like it started with you and I by, we were talking about, well, what would it look like if you and I experienced adding someone else to the bedroom with the boat, with the two of us. And then, gradually and, and and pretty organically that eventually led to the conversation of like, well, what would it look like if we were both at yes. um, a different party and we both made out with somebody and then told each other about it? And then that led to, you know, the next step and the next step and the next step. And I mean, I'm having those conversations with my partner and I'm a monogamous, but we are we've opened things up, but mm. it, it started with that conversation. Like we're in a long distance relationship and um, this particular need isn't being met. So how can we in this relationship work on that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it could even just be, you know, talking about what you need, um, what Doug needs, like, Oh, you know, I have this inkling and I, you know, what do you think about that? What are some of the things we could do about that? And then that would get the ball rolling. Yeah. It may not have to be a coming out of the closet as Polly. Like it could very well be <laughs> yeah. a, this is happening in our relationship. We've been together for a long time and it's uncomfortable for me to bring it up to you, but you know, I think that that phrase is really helpful when you're bringing something up, um, with your partner or anybody that's really, uh, challenging conversation to have is saying, this is, this is uncomfortable for me to say, or, um, this is difficult for me to say. Um, but I've been having these thoughts, blah, blah, blah. Um, it you know it's hard because it we're not necessarily you never know this person your partner could be completely open minded and be like oh my god i've been thinking the same thing too yeah. Yeah. um and i always find too that anytime i'm going into a conversation that i feel could be challenging i try to keep in mind how i want everyone to feel at the end of the conversation how what's the ideal outcome rather than thinking about the worst possible outcome because then that's what you're going to play to is your assumption of how you think it's going to go so be light and casual and loving um um and also you know yeah loving i think is is like yeah I and speaking to you saying, you know, uh, admitting that like this is really hard for me to say. Whenever you've said that to me, uh, whenever like we are about to have a conversation, and then you preface that conversation with that, uh, for me personally, it automatically puts me in a space where I feel um, very supportive in like receiving what you have to say because I, I understand that what you're about to say is, is challenging. And the last thing I want to do is make you feel like not safe or uncomfortable. So I think that's a, and I think in the, the, uh, I guess coming out to each other, you and I, Jeremy, about being interested in including other people. I think I have a different recollection of that. Um, yeah, yeah, you do. And now I realize which what that we do is. in general about a lot of things, yeah. uh, like the entire first year of our marriage. But <laughs> but like um, my memory of that was it was a tough conversation, um, but there was no pressure on either side to pursue uh, what 
I had put forward as an interest. And every time we revisited that subject of polyamory or just an open relationship, we revisited it probably once a year. And maybe that conversation lasted like a month where we discussed it in a very non-threatening way, Mm. no pressure from either side. And we eased into it with comfort. So there was never any expectation like, I'm going to bring this up. It's a need I need you to be okay with it yeah, because no. I'm going to do it. Yeah. No, it's never with difficult conversations. What I find the most important is coming at it from a team aspect. So knowing that you and your partner are on a team mm. first and in it together. So whatever. So say if Doug, you know, says, you know, I've been thinking about potentially opening this up, like starting something, you know, chill, maybe not using the polyamorous word. Cause I'm not sure that he knows that for sure. Um, but saying like, but you and I, like, really reaffirming that we're still in this relationship together and I'm still very happy with you and I'm willing to talk this out. Like, for me, when we have, m- me and my partner have those conversations, it's, and bar none, when we're a team at the end of the day, like, that's the loving aspect of the conversation. That's That always makes me feel better in a tough conversation, yeah. Sweet. Doug, I hope that helps. And, uh, hey get at us if you bring up the conversation and it goes well and if it doesn't go well let us know uh, I'd if like you to want. get back to me if you want yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool thanks thanks for that well there you have it uh, there's a little sneak peek of who Tia is and holy shit I'm not gonna lie one of my favorite episodes I cannot wait for people to hear our conversation with her yeah what is really great is that we also recorded another episode today earlier today with um, a kinky couple and they made reference specifically to the guests that we have on today's show that's right good segue Bridie thanks baby uh, we spoke with um, uh, Telums and Inoepted of the Society of Bastet. If you are not familiar with the Society of Bastet, well, this episode is going to fill you in and fill you up with all the info you need for the Society of Bastet. It is a uh, a, a kink club here in the city of Halifax, and uh, we can't wait for you to hear our conversation. So, have a listen. Without further ado, enjoy. Wow, so there are still surprises to be had. Oh yeah, there <clears throat> absolutely are. <laughs> are there a lot of male subs out there? Um, yes, I feel yeah. I feel like it's not, like I I <laughs> I don't see. I I don't think that there are. You think it's a rarity? From what I've experienced personally, but I also yeah. like. I think it depends on the community sometimes too. Yeah, I think it comes in waves. Like there won't be any for a while, and then they'll just be like overwhelmingly there. They're just they all just show up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I sometimes enjoy kind of diving into that territory, but in general, I tend to more more so. I take over the sort of dom role. But I think we have a lot of switches. Yeah. So switches are the people that yeah. will do both. There we go. And so I definitely see a lot of those. Like you have your solidly dominant top crew. You have your solidly submissive crew. And then I'd say the majority of people are kind of those switchy anywhere in between. Well, okay. Before we go too far into (laughs) uh, the deep, deep lingo of of kink, why don't we start off with a little kind of introduction of who you guys are. So, Telums Mm -hmm. and... uh, Inoupted. Inoupted. And now these obviously aren't your birth names. These are your... 
Fet names. Fet names. Or so, scene names. Or scene names. So what is, what is the word fet? Like fetish or fet life. Fetish or fet life. And fet yeah. life for those, uh, those vanilla folks back at home listening <laughs> to the pod right now, if they don't know what fet life is, what is fet life? It's Facebook for kinky people. So it's a way for us to have our own community so we can post events and become friends with each other without really having to share our vanilla lives. Mm. So it's a bit more anonymous. You don't necessarily have to put your real names, your real faces, any contact information, but you can still keep in touch with everybody that you come across. Cool. Uh, Bridie, do you have a Fet Life account? Um, Not yet, but let me just make a quick note. I actually have a Fet Life account. Do you really? Yeah. I started it when we were in Toronto. I think I started it right before we went to Wicked. Okay. Yeah. But I haven't been on it for a while. I actually hopped on it the other day with Becca, and I was like, ah, let's check it out. I haven't seen it for a while. And I, there was, like, really old pictures on there. I was not discreet <laughs> at all. I used a headshot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting thing. I got I to gotta kind of update that and make, it, make like, it a little more. How many members does FetLife have? There was a oh. fuckload in Halifax. Yeah, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many there are on there. Okay. Um, but there is a lot in Halifax. And it's worldwide, too. So you're like, I see people on there from India and Saudi Arabia. And then, of course, all the people who really want to be anonymous and they just live in Antarctica. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good place to be anonymous. <laughs> if you don't want to say where you're from, you just say Antarctica. Like, everybody does that. Yeah. <laughs> but the poor people who are actually from Antarctica are like, where are all my fat life anyone? buddies? Yeah. Yeah. says there's way more. But no, there's a lot of people on there. And Halifax, like, especially when you look in comparison to some of the other cities, is a really active city. Like, Really? We're, I'd say we're one of the top, not like top 10, but... I think I, I think that we're just very active in comparison to how small of a place we are. Um, so other maritime areas, even if they're a city, we're still, we have way more going on than they do. Okay. Halifax, Nova Scotia has 2,287 members. On FetLife. On FetLife. That's a pretty decent number for 2000. Halifax. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not we're not a huge city by any means. So how many people? Uh, how many members are? Um, so in Society of Bastet, which is a local play space, we've had over five hundred members since we opened in two thousand nine. Okay. Okay. So this is what I wanted to get to down yeah. to down to brass tacks. So Telems and. Inno Upted. Inno Upted. Good job, Bridie. Thank you. Uh, you guys are behind the Society of Bastet, correct? Mm-hmm. We're part of the people behind yeah. the Part society. of the people. So there's a team that runs the Society of Bastet. And you, what did you just call it? You referred to it as a play space? It's a play space. So it's like a public social club where you can come out and just hang out with other kinky people or get your kinks on. So you have like the dungeon spaces and your floggers and your equipment and your toys so that Anybody who's over 19 can just come in and kind of have fun without having to worry about judgment or the neighbors or anything else. Is it the only play space in Halifax? It is the only like official play space, and it's actually the largest one east of Montreal. Okay, great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple other like kinky events happening in Halifax, but none that have such a designated or dedicated space. Have you been to other play spaces within the Maritimes? I have not been necessarily to other play spaces. Um, I've been to like nightshade <coughs> and private parties, but not any official spaces. So somebody uh, in Halifax who has never in their life been to any sort of uh, kink play space, never been to a kink party, never 
Never even heard of Nightshade or Society of Bastet until this moment right now. And they decide, okay, tonight's the night. There's an event going on, or there's it's like ropes night or whatever going on at, at the, the at Bastet. I'm going to go. What can they expect? When I first walked in, it wasn't what I expected at all. So <laughs> take Me any either. preconceptions away. <laughs> it, so, okay, I'm in the same boat because I actually went recently. Okay. And I was like, I was super nervous. I had no idea what to expect. I think, did I tell you about it before I went? Okay, so can I tell my experience? And yes, then, okay, absolutely. Sweet. <laughs> so I have a friend of mine who was like, you should, you should come with me for a rope snack because she knew that I was interested in, in, um, in learning more about like tying knots and, and like the, the art of, of rope play. So I was like, okay, and she was like, yeah, it's going. We're gonna. It's gonna be ropes night. It's like an open night. You can come to the Society of Bastet. Here's where it is. Um, just text me once you get there. I was like, okay, and I'm thinking, I'm gonna be walking in to like this crazy space where everybody's gonna be fucking. There's gonna be like <laughs> rooms closed. Like you're just gonna be hearing people screaming in the background, <laughs> right? I'm I'm thinking like this is gonna be buck wild. <laughs> I get to the space, and my friend, she invites me in, and I go inside, and it's like this super well-lit space with, like, a bunch of friendly friends all hanging out, and, like, someone's on the ground, like, working on knots on their own leg, somebody else is tying somebody else, like, it, you know, in the corner, and they're having a chat with the other couple across the room as they're tying, some other guy's just, like, whipping a flog around, everyone's fully clothed. And I was like, uh, not that I was <laughs> disappointed, but I was kind of like, oh, I totally had something else in mind. Yeah. <laughs> I felt weird about going into like my, I was like, I don't have any kink clothes. Like, I, I wish I had some assless leather chaps, but all I had was like my jeans and my t-shirt. And I was thinking, I'm going to be so out of place, but really I fit in quite well. And it was a really, it was, um, at the end of it, you know, I spent probably about two hours there Met a couple of people, really nice people. Um, they helped me with some knots. They taught me a couple of like new tricks, um, and it was really enjoyable. Like it was just like an, uh, it was like a board game night almost. You know, it's just like you just come in, you hang out, you meet some people. It's very laid back, and then you go home and. Yeah, and I think a lot of people like they come in expecting it to be this dark dungeon where everybody's just getting beaten senseless and then <laughs> fucked. <laughs> But yeah. really, you walk in and it's kind of just like it's a bunch of people hanging out like at any other kind of party, <coughs> at a, a house party, right? And the funny thing is, like a lot of us don't know each other outside of Bastet, mm. but we all have this kind of thing that connects us, so we can all just hang out there, and it's really chill. Um, it is well lit, so it's not like dark corners happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we do have a rule about like no genitals being exposed, no nipples being exposed by any genders, and so you're not like showing up and just seeing a whole bunch of naked people running around and doing whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we really do focus on like education and social. Um, those are like the two biggest things on top of the kink. Mm. So you're, it's a lot of people like willing to share tips and techniques and mm -hmm. trying to help other people learn and grow. And I was like last night we spent two hours just all of us sitting around on the coaches chatting about life and right, which is kind of cool because it's like you know kink is is something that um, I think for a lot of people they find it pretty. Uh, the idea of getting into it pretty... What's the word I'm looking for? It's daunting. For? It's daunting, yeah, thank you. It's a daunting scary. thing to think about, right? Yeah. Especially even in your own household, your own your own living space. 
because you're dealing with things that might be a little bit, you know, on the dangerous side if you don't know what you're doing. Um, it's, you know, it's 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 shrouded in in mystery and stigma and all these things. And then you go into the space and it's very laid back. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And it's a great place to just learn. It's like this awesome resource. So then you can take those things back to, you know, your own bedroom or your own place. And and then that's where it turns into a crazy beat fuck fest where everyone's just having a crazy time. <laughs> no, no, but actually. We can definitely have that at the parties too. So, for example, like on a Saturday night, uh-huh. it's kind of more open to everything. So you have like this big open social area where everybody can kind of hang out. But we also have like two private rooms and a semi-private dungeon. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to, you can kind of go back there. And I know somebody last night, they, they're really into the impact play. And mm-hmm. we had an impact play class, so they were back there practicing, and you could hear like the little yelps, and mm-hmm. you're just sitting outside, and you're just like laughing at it. You're like, "Oh, somebody's having fun." <laughs> and what's impact play? Impact play is anything. It's like the sensation of hitting somebody in a pleasurable way. Okay. So flogging, paddling, spanking, right? Um, caning. Caning. Yeah. What else? Where there's creating impact. <laughs> slippers. <laughs> on the skin. I yeah, your slippers. I'm known for beating people with a rubber chicken from the dollar store. Okay. <laughs> I have. I have an icing spatula. I really like to use on people. So like, yeah, really yeah. anything that is wooden spoons. Anything that's not gonna like damage them permanently in any way. I had someone spank me with my phone one time. Yep. Oh, that's kind of that's interesting. Kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've used like pom-poms from the dollar store to flog somebody, Ooh. like, just really gently, so, so you can kind of get this feel of it. Is that still <laughs> considered impact, even when it's, like, feather light? That'd be more sensation. It's more sensation, like, yeah. but they can really cross over. Like, I can use a wooden spoon for impact, mm-hmm. or I can use a wooden spoon for sensation play. Ah. Okay, so in these private rooms, when people are, are out in there, uh, you know, impacting on one another, <laughs> um, is are there nipples allowed in there or no? So if the door is closed, like you have to be a member to okay. reserve the room and close the door. Okay. And we consider it a private room. So okay. So kind of you can show off the genitalia if you want to. Oh, okay. Um, but nobody else is allowed opening the door. Nobody's mm-hmm. allowed looking in. Yeah. It really is private. And at that point, the biggest rules are no penetration. Yeah. No oral penetration. No genital penetration. It's not a sex club. No most right. to oral either. There are yeah. no <laughs> most to genitals either. <laughs> right, um, right. And all, all of the there is one person that's able to look in, and that's the dungeon monitor, who's basically just looking to make sure that people are doing things safely yeah. and, uh, and that nobody's getting hurt. The rules. Yeah, and, and that they're following the rules. So yeah. I have a question that and it might it might come off as a bit of a, a dumb question. So there are no uh, dumb questions. Okay, great, perfect. <laughs> so I, I um, we just recently interviewed um, a gal. Her handle is tied up tea. Yeah, and so she does a lot of like rope play, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. and she does a lot of work with Stu, Stu Metz. And I know that that tea and Stu are like really good friends, and they hang out a lot. Now, I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and we were talking about our experience in recording with Stu and recording with T, and I was showing some photos of her Instagram of, like, her tying up Stu and her tying up some other people. And my friend was like, so wait, they go to her house, they get tied up, and then that's it? And I'm like, yeah, it's like they just, they like to sit around and tie each other up. And they're like, yeah, but, like, how do they not... (laughs) fuck each other because like aren't they just getting super turned on and like just want to fuck like isn't that their turn on say hello to a new era of mental health care cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100 online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you 
you'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And in my head I was going, "Yeah, but it's not like that, but yeah, wait. Like, how how are you how are you resisting? Like, if if your kink, if the thing that turns you on is to, um, you know, be in a in a on a doctor's bed and have a doctor play doctor on you, and you go to the Society of Bastet and you get that private room and you're laying on the doctor's bed and they pull out the you know the 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 There's wooden, no the wooden st- yeah okay well, <laughs> no, there, I guess, that's penetration yeah right of course uh, but you know they pull out like the stethoscope and they're listening to your heart and you're like oh man this is really turning me on how does it not how do how do people resist the urge to like I don't know like just do each other <laughs> okay so the first thing that you really need to think about is the fact that not all kinks are sexual um, so oh, I okay. have things that I do I'm in a monogamous relationship I have things I do with my boyfriend but I don't do those things with my friends then I have other things other types of kinks that I do with my friends that don't necessarily turn me on and then the other thing is, uh, just because something is sexual doesn't mean it actually has to lead, have to lead to sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes just like the teasing and things like that can be a lot more erotic than actually like going through with the sex. So it's kind some, of like that, that like um, delayed gratification sort of thing, you know, yeah. like just drawing it out. Yeah. It's the foreplay. It's basically the foreplay. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be different for everybody. Like when people do come in with that question, we often tell them like, Bastet is your place for foreplay. So you come here, mm. you can kind of get things ramped up and then go home for completion. Mm. But on the flip side, for some people, that kink is all it is for them. So, for example, I enjoy getting tied up. It's not a sexual thing for me. So the entire act of getting tied up and having that rope taken off is what completes it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for that next step because I don't need that next step from it. Right. Well, what are some of the things that you were saying that you you do with your boy? Maybe not that, but like what you do with your friends that you don't do with your boyfriend. That's not necessarily a sexual kink. Okay. So I'm I'm an electrical player, and there it definitely is ways to make that sexual, and there's ways that I have made that sexual in the past, but mostly it's not sexual for me. So I use something generally called the violet wand, and it's kind of like a a static. Like, it makes kind of, like, a static charge. So if you ever think of, like, when you touch a doorknob and you get, like, not a big shock that really hurts, but you kind of get that really mild shock. Yeah, Yeah, it continuously outputs that. And so there's a lot of different ways, like... 
that you can use that and just be like carrying on and yeah and you can use that and just be like carrying on with your friends and having fun with that because I I'm not I personally don't enjoy pain but I do kind of like the pain from the violet wand it's a different type of pain for me so either I can be like topping someone who is who likes that or they can be topping me right interesting okay, and by cool. topping do you mean dominating not necessarily okay. so um there's a difference there's definitely a difference between dominating someone and topping someone um I personally am not a submissive but I am a bottom sometimes and so if somebody is to- someone else is topping me I'm actually still like they're not in charge of the situation we're kind of like co-in charge of the situation so I'm saying oh maybe a little bit more over there or a little bit more there or can you turn it up or no turn it down I don't really like that and I have much more say over it than if I was actually submitting to someone. Got it. I often Ah, say the biggest difference is who's in control. Okay. So if you're a top, you're often doing it because your bottom enjoys it. And the bottom kind of gets to decide what's happening to an extent. Whereas with the dominant submissive, it's often the dominant wants to do something and you're kind of submitting to them and accepting it. And you might still be getting a thrill out of it, but it's who kind of has the control and is there a power dynamic or not. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, I I, want to do... We we can see how this goes, and if it if it doesn't really fly, that's okay. Sure. But I have the I kind of I brought up a basically a li- a list of kinks, and I feel like I feel like this episode would be really great for people who really are not familiar with the world of kink and mm-hmm. what kinds of kinks there are. Yeah. Um, what certain like words or terms mean in the kink world, and so I was thinking maybe we do like a sort of a rapid fire of a few words in the kink world and if you guys well I guess basically put you guys to the test sure uh, so tell me what is what is BDSM so BDSM is an acronym that kind of is an umbrella term for everything so the B stands for bondage the D stands for discipline but the D also stands for domination with an S for submissive or submission and then you get the S and M for sadism and masochism okay how about um, breath play that would be like choking someone, really. Or you can also use gas masks for breath play. You can put a gas mask on someone and kind of block up the hose for a second and then, you know, let them breathe again. Obviously, you do it so that it's still safe. Uh, and, yeah. It's There's something lots. I definitely recommend doing your research on first. Yeah. Just, like, hang yeah. with your partner and put, dangerous. like, a hand against their throat and try to cut off yeah. their airway. And I guess yeah. it's, that's one thing that should be pointed out, and if we haven't really touched on it already, is that some of some of the things within the kink world are... And inherently dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. And so yes. you should be taking your time to do some research into what it is that you're getting in, involved with, um, just so you know where the limitations are, what the lines are. So there's two, we generally classify kink under two different things. So there's safe, sane, and consensual, and then there's rack play. Rack is risk-aware consensual kink, and that generally falls under things like you understand that there is an inherent risk in this, but you're going to do it anyway as informed as possible. Mm, okay, cool. Rack. Rack. Yeah. yeah. R A C K. Yep. Risk aware consensual kink. Um, okay. How about this? C B T. So that's cock and ball torture. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Um, so I've personally never done it, but I've watched it. Um, different types and forms are like wrapping things around the scrotum or the cock. Um, trampling where you're stepping on it with heels and stuff. Again, you're doing it safely, but the bottom, in this case a male bottom, because they have the equipment, um, they're finding kind of the arousal of it being um, kind of diminished. There's 
their manhood, I guess, being mm-hmm. right. stomped on. And there, I also there's different I, types to I it. have I have done um, CBT, but I don't do it in any sort of way that is humiliating because I don't do humiliation play. But I've used uh, like e-stim. So you can get e-stim cock rings and stuff. So it's kind of like, instead of hurting them, they're getting a sensation that is like way stronger than they can handle. <laughs> and I prefer to do it that way. So some people are, some people uh, like to, interesting. some people like, like it that? for humiliation. No, absolutely and, not. I got kicked really hard in the dick one time. It's not was, necessarily painful yeah. though. It's, oh, uh, for some people it's that same kind of tingling. It's yeah. mm-hmm. just a different type of sensation. Yeah. I don't I mean, know, I'll, I'll try anything twice. Um, so who knows if you want to kick me in the balls later tonight, Brady? I, I have some really, t- I've got some tall gold stilettos that I think yeah. might be really. Oh God, that makes me. There's cringe. certain places to kick to make sure it's still safe. That's right. That's right. Society Teach me. Use week. some hot, Society. cold rub, kind of bring some sensations in there. Uh, okay. How about, um, how about fire play? Okay, so I'm I'm personally am a fire player. Um, it comes in a couple different forms. So there's fire massage, and then there's also fire cupping. So with fire massage, you're you're basically you're laying an accelerant down on your bottom, and you're lighting it on fire, and you're rubbing it out before any damage can be done to the skin. So that seems Ooh. really intimidating, but yeah. it's actually really relaxing and nice. I love getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I love being lit on fire. Yeah, so, yeah. so my girlfriend Becca went to the Everything to Do About Sex show mm-hmm. that happened uh, a few weeks back here in Halifax, and she met a guy mm-hmm. who was leading like a he had I guess like a booth or something, and was yeah. was demonstrating yeah. fire play, and she was super into it. Yep, she was really really into it, and I was like, oh, how does that work? But I guess <laughs> yeah, it makes sense if it's if it's done correctly. Yeah, and there's a lot of training that goes into that. Um, mm-hmm. I completed my training for fire play within six months but I like was really dedicated most people it takes a year before where does one go to do training for <laughs> so actually, society of basket, basket. <laughs> ah, okay. um, we offer classes on kind of like the big scale things so for example we just did a class on impact play but for some of these bigger things like breath play and fire play we offer what's called peer tutoring so we can connect you with somebody who's well-trained, has a good reputation, knows how to do it, and they'll do, like, one-on-one training with you. So I know okay. there's somebody right now who does it once a week. They meet for an hour, and they've been doing it for six to eight weeks, I think. So it's kind you, of learning fire play. So if I, I'm just writing this down, peer tutor. So if I want to go in and learn how to be, like, a really boss uh, dominatrix is there someone who can peer tutor yep. me yeah absolutely <gasps> Ooh, <wow. laughs> and I think uh, what's the cost for that is only five dollars for the rental yeah right? it's five dollars yeah. so we reserve the club Sunday night and Monday nights for peer tutors okay so you kind of get the entire space to yourself to go in and learn and it's five dollars for the hour cool uh, what about mummification So mummification can be done in a lot of different ways, and it's kind of a type of sensory deprivation. So one of the common ways to do it is using things like palette wrap or saran wrap, and you just kind of enclose the entire body. Um, Some people will use like hoods and things for the head, and you're just kind of cutting off yourself from the rest of the world in a sense. So you can't necessarily see, you're not going to hear as much, you might not be able to talk. Um, There's a lot of different degrees to mummification, but it's really kind of creating a barrier between you and the rest of the world, and it's just a type of sensation by taking away the sensation. Um, so at the Everything to Do with Sex show, I, I think it was a couple years ago, I saw someone like being vacuum sealed into something. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah, that's a type of mummification. Okay. Oh, so that's cool. you can do it with a lot of different things, like the vac bed, pallet wrap, 
I've seen people do it with like sheets and blankets. You're just all wrapped in it Vacuum and then maybe bed. like tied around you. I've, I've done it bed. with rope too. Oh, so okay, you yeah, can cool. use like heaps and heaps of rope to tie Ooh. somebody. You usually <laughs> use a thick rope for that. But Do people ever dive into particular kink to like manage or deal with their um, like fears? Because like you, you just mentioned the vacuum bed. And the thought of that gives me such, like, deep-rooted anxiety. <laughs> I feel like I would totally panic. And, I'm, and it just made me wonder, like, I wonder if someone's ever been like, well, i got to face that fear, so stick me in that vacuum bed. I, I actually have done that uh, <laughs> because I have a bit – I'm a bit of a control freak, so I have a little bit of an issue with not necessarily being claustrophobic. I'm fine getting into a small space, um, but having – the ability to get myself out taken away. So I have got into the back bed specifically for that. Uh, it didn't necessarily go great for me, but it wasn't bad either. It wasn't like I got in there and was like, oh my God. Ah. I just like got in and was like, nope, not for me. And uh, then they got me out right away. I actually kind of did that whole fear thing, but with a different type of kink. So I have this intense phobia of needles, like especially medical mm. needles. Me too. Getting blood taken, everything. Um, and when I got into the kink scene, there was a lot of like needle nights happening. So it was people doing erotic piercings. And I decided to check it out and kind of just see if I could kind of conquer that fear of needles by experiencing it in a different way. Now, erotic piercings. We're not talking about, uh, you know, your earlobes or your nose. Not necessarily. So, for example, in my case, um, we took small gauge needles, um, individually wrapped, and we put them through the boobs. So it was just like in and out um, piercings, basically. So the needles were sitting in my boobs. And then we kind of like wrapped ribbon through them. So they look like little corsets. Oh, <laughs> and then you take them out and dispose of them. Oh, okay. interesting. Yeah. yeah you so, could probably make some pretty cool designs there. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah, the I've definitely like people will do them in their backs. I've seen that. Up I've, their legs. I've seen people attach feathers to uh, the plastic part of the needle as well to like and kind of make wings on people. So, yeah. Okay. In my case, it didn't cure my fear of needles but it's this really weird situation now where I really enjoy erotic needles so I enjoy having kind of that small gauge in my boobs or Mm. doing it for like that play and sensation whereas I still am terrified and have panic attacks every time I have to go get blood taken interesting so it didn't get you over your phobia (laughs) no Um, but I can engage in needles in a different way right Uh, the next two so here's the thing that I feel like I should say is that in the last little while, um, as in like the last couple of years, uh, kind of looking into different types of kinks and, you know, what kind of kinks are available, I, the list of kinks, I've been like, I could, I could dabble with that. I could touch on that. I, I pretty, I'd go there. But there's two that I cannot imagine ever going. And it's just because my own personal preference, this is not my thing. And these are the two things. So uh, for people who aren't aware, what is scat play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure, I, uh, I'm going to preface this. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but uh, that would be any play that involves a fecal matter. The doo-doo. Yeah. If someone's... Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's really important to say at this point that we do have this philosophy of your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. That's right. So we want to be really careful. Like, we always work... It's not necessarily something that we're interested in at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, scat is something that I'm just like, I couldn't imagine it. But I know people who do do it, and it's a big thing for them. (laughs) You just said do do. That was so perfect. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I think we want to be really careful. Like for some people, this is a really erotic or sensation or it's something that they really, really enjoy. And that's perfectly okay. As long as it's yeah, being done safely. I, I kind totally. of equate it to like, um, to alcohol, right? Like yeah. I know some people that love a nice glass of wine, but will never touch a raw, like just a straight up bourbon. It's just, it's just too, it's just too much, too strong, yeah. too intense. Um, and I feel like kinks kind of the same way. It's like, ah, oh, that. I, I can I have a taste for this, but I do not have a ta- I don't have an acquired taste for that. Yeah, um, I'm totally with you. Uh, <laughs> but I am curious to know if someone was was um, you know down for scat play, um, does the does the Society of Bastet have a place for that, or is no. that so? That is uh, unfortunately one of the kinks um, that we cannot accommodate just yeah. because of the cleanliness factor. Right. We have a volunteer cleaning committee. We kind of clean up after ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're just not equipped to take it to that level, but we can like point you in the right direction to get information if that's something that you wanted mm-hmm. to try or point you in the direction of people that might know more about it. What other kinks are there that aren't, uh, that, that can't really be fulfilled at the Society of Bastet due Golden to whatever? Golden showers, which I feel is probably right. the other one you're going to ask Another about. Another one. I actually, no, it wasn't. No? I'm totally down. Okay. I, I'm down to compete on. You can pee. Anyway, yeah. you can pee on me. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So again, that's a cleanliness thing. Like right. we don't have a shower there. Right. Um, the bathroom's pretty small. We just don't have the equipment and mm-hmm. preparations in place to yeah. kind of deal with that. Are there any others? Anything that involves penetration. Okay. Right. Okay. Perfect. So here's another one, and this is a penetration one. So I'm guessing this doesn't go down at the, at the Society of Bastet. And I'm tr- I try to wrap my head around how I could ever have a taste for this, but I don't think I ever could. Sounding. So this one we actually do allow. It's oh wow! Because it's classified under genital torture oh, and CBT. Okay. Um, so it's not quite the same as penetration. Um, so what is sounding for those who don't know? So sounding is inserting an object or a finger or um, something into the penis, right? Mm-hmm. So in through the urethral opening and kind of going right down. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I have sounded a guy before. Oh, um, no way. Wow. Yeah, using my pinky finger. Oh, <gasps> no way. <laughs> it was something that he's always been into. He worked up to it, so he knew how to do it. <laughs> and oh, he man. taught me how to this do it. This is so this is fascinating. Now I have questions. I have questions about it. So, I mean, we don't have to get into the, the details about that particular yeah. experience, but um or unless you want to, but uh I okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so a pinky finger is my my it's pretty piss thick. hole I have a is so small, small. I have a fairly small pinky you finger. You do, but like you've got a human <laughs> finger. <laughs> if, <laughs> like if you, that just sounds like so intense. You don't so always intense. start there, so you'll usually right. start yeah. with something smaller. Kind of like anal, so, right? Like you would never go from exactly. mm-hmm. when you nothing think to about a fist. Like our reproductive organs, right? It's kind of all muscle, so it stretches. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the urethral opening. It can stretch and go back to its original size. Okay, so after the pinky is in and comes out... His urethra is, is not permanently stuck no, like that. No, it's going to close back up. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And you use a lot of lube. Like, you take of it course. slow. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. So here, here's my other question is, um, and because and, I, I honestly don't know, and, and I, this is the first time I've ever actually, so it's a, a, my, uh, again, just to preface this, like, if it's not my kink, it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be and can't be your kink. Totally get it's it. It's still okay. It's still okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never talked to someone who's actually ever, ever pay, taken part in it or has ever 
enjoyed it. So I'm curious to know, is there a part of sounding, because you were saying that it falls within the, the CBT sort of area, right? So like having my balls stepped on, um, I can, I can kind of get how that, how the, like when I have my back really hardly scratched, it fucking hurts. Yeah. <laughs> but in the right moment, it feels really great, even though it hurts, like it hurts so good. Is that the same thing with sounding or is there, is there a physiological like response that is actually very pleasurable about having a, a smallish items stuck into the pee hole? So I think it can depend on the person. Like, okay. I've only had the one experience with it, but I know the person I did it with, they found some really great, like, fulfillment in being filled. Ah, okay. And it was just kind of that sense of fullness, I guess. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> Like, they were getting fingered, and it yeah. just kind of, it felt good for them, kind of the sliding in and out a little bit, and... Was um, it was a, was a penis erect? It was yeah. okay. I would suppose it would ha- kind of have to be. It'd be it'd be kind of tough to do with mm. a flaccid penis, wouldn't it? I've never seen it done, but I haven't delved super deep into yeah. it, so I, I feel don't like know it just all of the physiology or the, <laughs> I'm just the research behind yeah, it. Yeah, like I feel like you go to press and you're just mush just like the, bend over. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Flop over. Like, no, yeah. sorry. I'm sure that maybe somebody out there who's really into it has tried it, and yeah. maybe they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my experience, it's usually with an erect penis, so Got that it. you kind of have the space and. Got it. What is total power exchange or TPE? So this is a bit where we talked about like the difference between domination and topping is when there's actual control being exchanged. So TPE, you have somebody who's actually going to be in control and somebody who's given up that control. And you can take it to that complete degree where your dominant is in charge of everything. Um, mm. I've seen like 24-7 relationships where they decide what you wear, they decide what you eat, you ask permission to go to the bathroom. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you can kind of do any sort of degrees between... We just exchanged power for this scene, so you get to decide what happens, how it happens, whatever, or we've exchanged power in our relationship. Mm. But it's a way of just kind of exchanging that control. So one person kind of gives up control of themselves while the other takes control. Okay, cool. I wonder if I've passed by people in the street who are, like, going to work because their spouse was like, that's your job now, and you, it's time for you to go to work. Well, Eat that. Put these clothes on, yeah. get yourself to the office. I mean, I, I think about that now so much after we talked to Cassandra about the time that she was making that guy drink pee across from her at the Starbucks. And I'm like, how many people are just doing their kink in, like, in the middle of the day? All of them, all, all the time. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Like my partner and I, we don't have a total power exchange relationship. We haven't gone like 24 7 but we definitely have it play a lot like i'm a submissive person and he's a dominant person <laughs> and so i'll wake up and i'll just be like i don't want to do anything he's like no you're doing stuff here's your clothes get ready mm-hmm. get out the door cool. and it's kind of like that motivating factor in the back end for me that it's not just up to me anymore there's somebody else who kind of cares and is helping push you along and mm-hmm. help you be a better person okay i've got so one more here um this was really fun i like this kind of uh like rapid fire questions uh, the Wartenberg wheel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my. Okay. Wow, you I got just did a really scene with it last night, so it's like still in my head. <laughs> I love these little secret eye exchanges. I, I feel like you can probably explain this one a little bit better than me, um, but I want to touch on the electrical aspect yeah, after. Mm, okay. 
Okay. Go for so, it. So um, the Wartenberg wheel, it's actually like a medical device that people, use, like doctors use to check like your reflexes. nerves, your reflexes. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, nerves too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like a spiky little wheel that doctors would use it to like roll up and down your arm and check to make sure that you're reflexing in the proper ways. But we can use it in a lot of different ways as a sensation toy. So for example, last night somebody was using it on me on like my neck and my back. My neck is a really sensitive area. So having those little kind of pin pokes was setting off the nerves that kind of put me in this happy little headspace. Mm. Um, and it just kind of became a sensation of kind of like the pokiness against your back or up your leg. And it's just a way of kind of enhancing the sensation of touch, but in a different format. And then because it's made of metal, you can use it for the electrical play as well, which yeah. T-Lums can talk so, about. <laughs> so my Wharton Big Pinwheel doesn't come out of my bag unless I'm doing electrical play. I have no use for it otherwise. Um, with the it's a worthless piece of crap. <laughs> with the violet wand, there is a way that you can, uh, can kind of set things up so that it's the static is coming from your skin. So... Uh, the way the violet wand works is it doesn't actually penetrate the muscle the way a TENS unit would. It just kind of runs over the fascia. So if you're holding the rod for it or you have it tucked into your clothes somewhere, then when you touch people, that sensation is coming out of your fingers. So then if I then go ahead and I grab the pinwheel, because it's metal and it conducts, it continues conducting through that. So when I run that over someone, I mean, it can, if you have it turned up high enough, it can actually feel like you're being cut open. It can absolutely feel like you're being cut open. And you're not. Um, You may have some little marks on you from, because even though it's static, you can still get some little burn marks on the skin. Nothing serious, just really minor that usually fade within a couple hours. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here on the Violet Wand store. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) The pinwheel. This thing looks insane. Yeah, so, I mean, you can use that to... There's varying types of pinwheels, too, so there's... Like a single head, you can get multiple headed ones. Yeah, there's one here, the energy roller, and it looks like a whole bunch of pinwheels. Yeah, (laughs) and and that could be really, really brutal because you're getting so much pain out of that and so much sensation, but you're actually not really getting damage done. So you can feel like you're literally, you can make it feel like the person's being cut open, and at the same time, nothing's happening to them. That being said, use it with like light pressure Mm -hmm. because if you have one that's like brand new and super sharp and pokey, if you press down really hard, it can like it can puncture the skin, yeah, puncture the skin. I have gotten cut with it accidentally before, yeah. like doing it to myself. But if you're listening to this, uh, like I often listen to podcasts, which is like right in front of my laptop, and I'm, I just want to see everything they're talking about. <laughs> go on over to www.violetwands.com. That's wands with an S, plural. And uh, man, they've got like floggers here. Like, uh-huh. so are there metal? Sort of little um, beads on those floggers? There's, there can either be metal fiber woven into it, or uh, apparently, I was told bamboo is conductive, but I've never tried it. I actually, I have violet wand rope, which is literally just skipping rope that has tinsel through it. No so way. you can't use that for suspending somebody or anything, but you can tie a nice chest harness on them and then zap them with the rope. Um, now, like how, was, how hardcore are you into the, 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 like, do you have, like, the Mirage violet wand set for electrodes? Oh, I have the, I, I am so, I am so into the violet wand, unbelievably into the violet wand. Um, but her case is bedazzled. Like, my oh, yeah. wand cost me $30 because it's actually a dermatology wand. Oh. So I don't, I don't mess with any of this expensive stuff. Um, <laughs> the most it's, and mine is just as safe as that. 
It's uh, it's been made. It just doesn't have that kink label on it, so the price isn't marked up. Ah, now my okay. wand isn't as strong as that wand. However, uh, when these I got are fucking expensive, yeah, like however, <laughs> I got the body contact. My body contact kit, which is what makes it come through the skin, was actually more expensive than the wand at fifty dollars. That's the most expensive part of my kit. Everything else, almost everything, came from the dollar store or mm. the Wartenberg pinwheel. Uh, I think I got from Night Magic when they were open for like twelve dollars, something like that. You're like the Martha Stewart of. Uh, <laughs> I, I really walls. am like <laughs> I have so many like um, you know emergency blankets that you would take like camping yeah I've done scenes with those before um, so you wrap the blanket around someone you kind of got to get it crinkly first and Shit. so there's I, lots of points you wrap the blanket around them you just touch the and the, well the good thing with that is if I'm touching somebody on their left side where they have the blanket, they might actually only feel it on their right side, you know, down by their thigh or something. Like, it just comes out of nowhere, yeah. and they can't expect where their feeling's going to be. Now, do you use your wand set on other people, or is it, stri- like, is it kind of only for use for you? So, it really depends on what it is. Um, I use it on other people. However, there are some things that I'm just not going to share with other people. So I'm really big on cleanliness and sterilizing things. Mm-hmm. And so like my pinwheel, I'm, I don't really use it on anybody else. Um, my partner's not really into it, uh, but he'll use it on me. But nobody else gets that because it does have the potential to puncture the skin. I'm very obsessive about that, about mm. cleanliness. So One thing that I'm curious about, is, and I'm, I'm, I feel like there's probably quite a few people who might be listening who are also curious about this. You know, we've talked about the importance of cleanliness. We've talked about the importance of doing your research when it comes to things that are inherently, you know, dangerous. Um, what what do you have to say about uh, safe words and the use of safe words and maybe like a, a, a common practice in the kink world of how people use safe words? Yeah. Well, first off, I'll just say we have an orientation the first Saturday of every month and we go into all of this in depth. So I definitely recommend coming out to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in terms of safe words, like we always teach people the universal safe word in the kink community and at Bastet is red. We operate on a traffic light system. So green is good to go. Yellow is like, okay, maybe take it slow. Let's check in, maybe switch directions. Red means you have to stop. Like, Full let's stop. discuss stop. it. It ends, yeah. Exactly. There's always the option to kind of start again with something else. But you have to stop first Mm -hmm. and just make sure that everybody's okay. Maybe it was just hitting the wrong spot too many times. Maybe emotionally they're just not handling it well. It Mm. could be any myriad of things. But we always emphasize people like never hesitate to use your safe word. It's not a bad thing to do. It's about keeping you and your partners both safe and happy. Mm -hmm. We have a rule like don't break your toys, human or otherwise. If you're playing with somebody, you want to keep playing with them. You want them to enjoy it. And Mm. so to do that, you want to make sure that they're happy and you're happy. So use those safe words. Use that communication so they'll be happy with it and keep coming back. Sorry. One thing I'd really like to say is um, tops can use safe words as well. So not just the bottom using the safe word, a top. If they think that there's, you know, their bottom is really not responding right anymore and they think that something's wrong and they can be like, okay, right, we're done. Um, You know, you're, you're too... You can kind of get a bit of a high from the endorphins. Um, so sometimes you might want to stop seeing and be like, ah, I don't know, let's not go any further. So a top can definitely use a safe word as well. Mm, yeah, good other point. times I've seen that is like, if you're doing impact play, we always say like, do it with a clear mind. Maybe you had a really rough day and you didn't think it would affect you, but you start flogging, you realize like, oh no, my bad day is coming out and I want to like pulverize this person. Mm-hmm. Use your safe word and kind of step back and be right. like, I'm sorry, I'm just not in the right headspace for yeah. it. Right. 
I, I really like the the three word system or like the traffic light system because um, I came up against this where I was you know we were using a safe word and it was one word and when that word came up it like the scene ended right we like pulled out completely it was like okay safe word is out shutdown mode but my partner was like oh well I didn't want you to stop completely. I just wanted you to like ease off a bit. And then that's where, you know, incorporating that sort of three word system is, is really great because if you hear yellow, you might not necessarily have to stop what you're doing, but know that you need to like either maybe switch it up, switch maybe it switch up to or a different slow implement it down or whatever. Or yeah. Slow it down, check in with them. Mm-hmm. That's maybe a really great go system. Go to a different spot. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of a universal one too. So it doesn't really matter where you go with your in Halifax, Toronto, New York. India, mm-hmm. most people are going to know that traffic light system. So, yes. mm-hmm. so if someone's interested in in checking out what's going on in the in the scene, how can they how can they find you guys? Okay, so they <laughs> <laughs> sorry, do you want okay. a list? <laughs> they first of all, they can find us on Fat Life. Um, they can also go to our website www.societyofbastet.ca. Uh, they can email me. I'm the director of operations at info at societyofbastet.ca. We're on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Both Instagram. Those are at Society of Bastet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except uh, Facebook is at King Halifax because they wouldn't let me use Bastet for some reason. I don't understand. Um, it was a banned word on Facebook. So, <laughs> what does Bastet mean? Uh, is it a it's thing? Some sort of like a cat goddess. It was. It oh. has something. To, I think it has something to do with sex. Okay, and yeah. it's spelled I know like. What's the word? Logo is like a cat with multiple tails. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Abastet was a goddess in ancient Egyptian religion worshipped as early as the second dynasty, 2890 BC. Yeah. Um, As Bast, she was the goddess of warfare in Lower (laughs) Egypt. (laughs) Why? We were around when Society of Bastet was started and they picked the name. Yeah, we didn't didn't pick the name. (laughs) We just operate within it. Huh. B A S T E T. Yes, it's that like a uh, stereotypical black uh, Siamese looking cat mm-hmm. that you would see in in like Egyptian sort and of cats drawings. were worshipped in yeah. Egypt. Mm-hmm. But I think the other thing too is like if you're curious about coming out, you don't have to get in touch with us first. You don't have to like know a secret password or know somebody there. You can just come out to any event at any time. So we do post all of our events on our website. We try to keep them updated on Twitter and Instagram. They're all on FetLife. So anytime you see an event that you're like, oh, wait, that kind of sounds cool, feel free to just show up. Cool. Like, it's a really open space. We call it an open play space. So it's not restricted to anybody as long as you're over 19 because that's the age you have to be to sign a waiver. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thanks so much for coming thank in. Thank you. And, and Thanks for having us. us. Yeah. This, was this was really fun. This is fascinating. Really fun. I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a ton. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to be looking very... Not suspiciously, but intriguingly yeah. at everybody I pass. Who's got that 24 7 shit? You'll definitely start going noticing on. people wearing like collars. I yeah. see them at like Value Village and yeah. stuff being like, oh, hey. <laughs> uh, well, again, thank you, Telums, and thank you, Interrupted. Thanks. Uh, this was really fun. Thank you. We appreciate being here. And thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with another super fascinating combo. But until then, Why don't you do us a huge favor? Head on over to iTunes, uh, subscribe, if you haven't already, to Turn Me On Podcast, and give us a rating and review because those uh, do do us uh, a solid and keep us kind of on the iTunes charts. 
Um, and the longer we're there, the higher up we are on that chart, the more people can hear what we're up to and, and hear the fascinating conversations that we're having. And of course, we're on Instagram. We got a whole bunch of very sexy, sultry photos. If you're looking to uh, make your Instagram feed a little NSFW, you can go over there. And uh, uh, we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter. And we are so happy that you like listening to us. Uh, also, also, I'm really stumped. If you uh, have any ideas on FET names for me, mm. um, please DM us on Instagram. Yeah, slide into the DMs or email us at turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is it for this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself. But in a safe, consensual way with floggers. <laughs> <laughs> Results still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic Atabotulinum Toxin A is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877 351 0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.